Hey, on today's show, we talked to a woman whose husband sustained a traumatic brain injury and she wants to know how to rebuild community. We talked to an awesome teacher who is drowning with struggling students. We talked to an introvert who wants to get back out there and he's struggling with how to do that as COVID goes away. Stay tuned. This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Thanks for walking with us and hanging out. So glad that you're here. Hope your family's well. I hope you're well. Hope you're back in school. Or I hope you're never going back to school as long as you live. I hope you're eating well and sleeping well and going for walks. And I hope it's spring where you live. And if the tornadoes are coming, I hope that they miss you. We're so glad that you're here. We're going to talk about relationships, mental health. We're going to talk about everything on this show. All of it, right? Give us a shout if you want to be on this show. I want you on the show. I love to talk to you. We're getting calls and emails from all over the planet, and it's so rad. Give us a shout at 1-844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Or you can go to johndeloney.com slash show. You can fill out the form. And then Kelly's going to make all the decisions because she is the Lord of the show. So, and James, I don't know, James is like, uh uh, I'm the producer. He's the producer. I did not say that. But Kelly is the Lord. It's awesome. All right. So, I hope everybody's doing well. Hey, real quick, we need to have like some family talk here. Gentlemen, enough with the deep V's. We're done. We're done. Every time I see a guy with a DV, it's getting deeper and deeper. And it used to be just like, hey, you just unbutton the top button. And then it was like you had an undershirt. And it wasn't weird. And then it became like, no way, dude. We're going to not wear an undershirt, and we're going to go like three buttons. And that gave me gas, but it was fine. But now they sell them. They sell the DV. It's not an undershirt. It's like, no, I intentionally went there, and I just wanted to like go all the way down. And here's the thing, guys. Like, we've seen tight jeans come back, and we now have mustaches back. Stop. No deep Vs. Like, dude, we're about to go off the edge here, man. Just, I would rather Limp Biscuit clothes come back than the deep V to continue to make inroads into our hearts and minds and souls. Can we just stop, like, together? Together we make a team. That was the motto of my Woodland Hills Elementary School where I grew up. Together we make a team. I think together we make a stand against deep V's, gentlemen. Let's do it. Are we good? We're good? All right, cool. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Tamara Northport. I don't know why I just paused and I don't know, dude. I want to say like if it was Tamara and I knew it wasn't, then it was Tamara. And I got a friend named Tamara. I haven't talked to her in a minute. I think I'm going to call her. There's a lot going on up there. But we're going to go to Tamara in Northport. Tamara, what's up? <laughs> it's Tamara or Tamara, but nobody ever says Tamara. So I it, appreciate that. It's Tamara, right? It is. Yeah. I've got an awesome friend named Tamara. She's brilliant. She's a wonderful f- friend in Abilene, Texas. And I was like, right when I saw your name, I thought, I haven't talked to Tamara in a long time. I should probably call her. And then yeah, yeah, you should. there was the other part of my brain that's like, hey, you're in the middle of a radio show. Maybe you should do that too. And so, no. hey, <laughs> so, hey what's, what's up? Hilarious. What's up? Um, um, you know, I just, I thought I'd call in and kind of, throw you some situations I'm in right now and see what direction it goes. 
Let's uh, my do husband it. and I are both okay. So my husband and I are both forty-two and been married eighteen years. We have five kids, and Ooh, yes, we knew exactly <laughs> what was causing it, hey, and it I, was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most. So, hey, how many times have you gotten that question? Hey, you know how that happens? Yes, idiot. Too many. Too hey, many. Listen, yep. one time I asked yep. a buddy. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know how that happens, right? And his answer was so over the top to me. I have never asked that question again. It's awesome. Yeah, well, then we had twins and people were like, oh my gosh, are they natural or are they fertility? Like, that's a really personal question. What are we? Hey, listen. Yes, everyone know. knows how babies were made. Let's never ask that question. Together, we make With a team. A, we're going to stop deep V's, Tamara, and we're going to stop yes. asking people how babies are made. Let's just move yes. on. All right, so you got so five of them. and all those things. Perfect. Okay, so that's where we're at. We married 18 years. So seven and a half years ago, um, my husband fell from a roof, and he sustained severe injuries. His okay. left side was totally crushed, um, but what left him completely changed forever was a traumatic brain injury. Mm. And so, you know, we've been spending seven and a half years just like, what do we do with this? How do we embrace this? How do we follow this? And I, he's a completely different person. He doesn't look different. That's, that's the thing. That's like, the demon, I right? God, yeah. like, why doesn't he have a scar? Because yeah. you can't see it. So, you know, so I've t- just tell, had- tell people, give people an example. Um, my oldest friend on planet Earth is a TBI survivor and it changed okay. everything 100% start to finish um, when some to a group of people who don't know um, walk somebody through what living with somebody with TBI with a traumatic brain injury can be like and I know that like that 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 word that that phrase traumatic brain injury means a million different things to many different people mm-hmm. walk somebody through the day-to-day what that looks like how that's different than it used to be well, you know, to, that's a book, you know, and I'll probably write one someday because even when I was having babies and when I had twins, I mean, somebody, I found somebody on the, on the planet that said, I've been there, I've done that, you're going to be okay. Hmm. And I've not ever had that conversation hmm. with a person that has said, you know what, I got your back, we went through it, you guys are going to be okay. Yeah. And so aside from my faith and my absolute unconditional love for this man, and my community, there we would not be who we are because most people relocate, they mm. divorce, yeah. they start over. Because you, what it's done is it's it's wiped the slate clean mm. in this person's body, soul, and spirit. And so as they fight their way back, you know, you have to fight your way back. And so as much as he has changed, Dr. Deloney, I have changed right. and my children have changed. And so it's... It sucks if you look back on it and you go, man, that is hell. And then I can like shift my perspective and go, that is such an opportunity. Like, right. look who we are now, yeah. you know? Um, but my question for you primarily, because this could go all sorts of different directions. I yeah. mean, it's, a, it's kind of a rabbit hole, but I, I don't know how to do what you asked me to do. I don't know how to communicate to people, you know, mm-hmm. how, how different it is. And I don't know how to help other people just, um, live in our normal, accept it, celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the people I'm surrounded by are not like judgmental churchgoers and nosy neighbors and irritating family. They're my tribe. Yeah. They're our people. They're our, they're the people that were there. when We got married, the ones that brought casseroles when we had babies, the ones that have, you know, been there. And yeah. now seven years later, we're like, and we aren't who we thought we were. We kind of know who we are now. 
Um, but everybody seems to be waiting for us to just kind of show up and be who we were. Yeah. And I, man, I, I don't know. My kids are awesome. My yeah. baby was not even two when mm-hmm. his daddy fell and our, and now he's nine. We've got teenagers. Kids are incredible. Yeah. I'm not terribly concerned about them. It's for whatever reason, it's these people in yeah. my life that I don't know how to, I love my husband. I fell in love with him again. Like I've been married twice. To the same person, Very you know, cool, without man. the divorce papers and all that shit, you know, or stuff, sorry. Um, no, that's what exactly we, what it is. <laughs> that's exactly is. what it is, yes. It is. And and someone told me, like, five years into it, like, you guys, you were with him when he got hurt? Like, you're still with him? And I was like, yeah, you don't, you don't leave. Hmm. But I really wanted to yeah. sometimes, but I don't now. And so, anyway... So, so here's the thing. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's the here's the ugly nitty gritty of it. Um, okay. Let me just walk you through what happened with my situation and where things stand now. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, my best friend on planet Earth. His name is Ryan. His oldest friend. We've been together since we were zero. And okay. the weekend after college, he graduated college with two degrees. And a friend of his ran a stop sign. He was hit by a truck carrying porta potties of all things for the guy that we've made fun of each other more than any other person on planet earth he got hit by a porta potty truck and um has never been the same right and you yeah. you know exactly what i'm talking about here there's something about yeah. playing catch shoving each other in creeks and trying to catch snakes and frogs and going to baseball games and football games together and then yeah. you transition to changing his diaper and then you transition yeah, yeah. to wiping him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's another layer of that I didn't know I had in me. I didn't know he had it in me, right? And yeah. when your best friend on planet Earth is in a wheelchair and then you're making jokes and people are stopping you in a parking lot and they're like, how dare you? And it's like, no, 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 I know you don't get it. It looks like we're being mean, but we're not, right? And you've been <laughs> there, an right? Understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so here's the thing. Some of us dug in there and hung in. Yeah. And then others... It changed the it changed the game for them. Yeah. And I spent a season so angry and hateful. And what I realized was that wasn't changing their perspective. They had their own demons they were working through. Being a friend with Ryan can sometimes be really hard, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be challenging. And I always double back on it's worth it, right? Those friendships are worth it. They're super different now, but they're worth it. But I realized I was just poisoning myself, hoping that they would come around. And yeah. I was the one that was drowning on that deal. They weren't. Yeah. And so I had to construct a new normal for me. And my relationship with, with Ryan is totally different now. He was my confidant. He was the guy that sat me down and was like, dude, stop messing around with your wife, like, who was my girlfriend for five years. He's like, what are you doing? Right? Yeah. And. Uh, so he was that guy for me. He's not that guy because he's got a different level of, of cognition. He's got a little, a, a different level of process, but he still makes me laugh. He's still <laughs> yeah. super insulting and he still yeah. makes fun of me probably on a daily basis, right? Um, yeah. He still makes me be like, dude, you can't say that out loud, right? It, that's still my, that's still that, he's still there for me, right? PC, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely not. But all I have to say is this. Me waiting for other people to come around was me choosing to drown myself. Yeah. And what I had to do was be grateful for the the friendships that we had before. 
be grateful for those folks who were interested in this new shifting relationship. And at the same time, here's the other part that's, that nobody tells you when you're a grade, like in grade school, is even if everything was perfect, a chunk of those friends would have peeled off naturally. Sure. Because they have kids, and then somebody turns into the weird Little League dad, and then you turn into a Cub Scout dad, and then like, what's wrong with you, video game dad? You suck, <laughs> right? That just happens, yeah. and it turns into, it turns out that it happened around the moment when your husband had this traumatic brain injury, and so it all gets lumped yeah. together for you guys. Here's the thing. I'm going to recommend that you be open and honest and receptive to whoever comes and let the other nonsense go. And it's probably yeah. going to be a season of mourning some of those old friendships. Probably oh, absolutely. Will yeah. And, no, I've heard you talk about like um, grief when, yeah. after a divorce. Like, do I? I did. I did the ceremonial things that made some people really uncomfortable. But I lost him. You lost he's him. Gone. But he's so capable. Like he's right. absolutely capable. He's amazing, and he can do so many things. But it's he's not like but we don't have diapers and wheelchairs. But he's different, right? He's different. But he's totally different. That's right. Yeah. And, and so what you had to do, socially. like, uh, and you've heard me say this 20 times on the show, you had to excavate the 9-11 site and build a whole new tower. You couldn't just sit there. I love that analogy. There. That's so helpful. You yeah. couldn't sit there and go sweep up all that glass and steel and twisted metal and pipes and try to rebuild those buildings. You can't do it. you got to no. clear the whole deck. And that also includes everything in the periphery of your life, too. Because your life changed, right? So oh, yeah. your ride-or-die friends, they may not want to get on the motorcycle anymore. And yeah. the quicker you can get to, that's cool. It was fun. And move on. And I know that's so hard, right? Because you want to say, hey, if y'all were my real friends, you would fill in the blank. That is only poisoning you. They right? just said it can't be true. They, don't, they just don't know. They don't know. They that's know. right. They don't know. Another thing that's been really helpful is Ryan had a younger brother named Caleb. He still does. Mm-hmm. And Caleb taught us, here's what you got to do. Here's how you do it. And they were really informative, really direct. I was lucky that Caleb was our friend for years and years and years too. So I trusted him. He trusted me. And so we we just cut through all the crap. And here's what what we need for for some help. His mom, Nita, was like my second mom growing up. And so she cut through the crap and was able to give me some instruction. It gave me firm footing to walk on so I didn't have to tiptoe. Right? And so some of that was me receiving it but some of it was the people closest to this his family man they were direct it's got to be like this or he's not getting in your car right, right. <laughs> yeah right we've and done some of that there's sure. no apologies there's no weirdness i'm just going direct and then i'm going about my day because i got this awesome guy i've got my awesome kids and i've got my awesome life i hope that you my friends will choose to be a part of it and if you don't i love you and it's been such a great ride here's where y'all get off because we're still going cool and some yep. of that becomes letting new people that have been sitting on the periphery that would probably be close friends to you, let them, uh, I was almost going to say let them bloom because it's springtime here, but that sounded too cheesy even for it's me. It's true. They move in. Like the people that we met after his accident, I, I don't mind hanging out with them because awesome, they invite huh? me. They don't expect him to come. It's his social limitations. Like it's totally overwhelmed with more than three or four people in a room. Yep. So you you guys want to come for dinner? No, actually, <laughs> you know, we can't so right. quit asking yeah. my new friends say, Hey, you want to catch a drink after work with me? And it, it's like, they, they get go. it, you know, that's right. They understand it. So I think you're right. I know this. I just probably needed to hear it. And I want other people to hear this that's because right. there's not a lot of help for this. A lot of people think he's a vet because mm-hmm. he's 42. Yeah. He's not, it's not military. Yeah. It's an accident. But well, there's a lot of people suffering with this and no one 
but as it, a resource that it's, I know it's of. bigger than than TBI. It happens with divorces, right? Like, it does, wh- you're uh, right. what, do we, what do we do now? Right. Yeah. Or when somebody emerges, like they come out in a friend group and they're like, Hey, I've never told anybody this, but I was abused when I was 11 by this uncle. And yeah. here we are. And then everyone yeah. freezes and they don't know what to do. Right. And some people double down and can lean into that discomfort. And yeah. some people can double down and they don't know how to lean into discomfort and they get really weird and they say awkward, weird, mean, dumb things, but they don't mean yeah. it because they're just trying. And then other yeah. people fade out. And for whatever yeah. reason, I'm going to assume they've got their own trauma, their own demon, their own things going on. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to blame them because that is energy I'm wasting. And they don't get that. If yeah. they want to step out, awesome. If somebody wants to lean in and say something, I'll be like, hey, dude, we don't say that around me and my friends. Cool. Yeah. And we're moving on, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then we move on. Yeah. And so yep. I, I, it, it happens with all types of trauma all over the place. Yep. And what I want to encourage people that are listening, I love that your heart is you want to learn, but also want to be a resource for other people. Yeah. Life is full of super weird, awkward, hard, ugly, messy, gross, terrible things. You can never go wrong by leaning in and saying, hey, what's the right way to say this? You can yeah. never go wrong by leaning in and saying, it looks like things are really hard. What's the way I could help? What yeah. we want to do is take our one tool that we have in our bag, which happens to be a hammer or a screwdriver, and just start whacking everything with it, hoping it will help, right? Instead of it saying- It makes us feel better. It does. It, it does. makes us feel better to help someone. And it's around. I do have a group of friends that have been like, they say about Job's friends where they, some just sat with him That's it. in his grief. That's it. He didn't say anything. I have those friends. I have those people. And, and, and that is priceless. And I, I want to be that. For I, whoever I want to tell it. you this, Tamara. My, you are a virtuous, extraordinary human for saying, come hell or high water, I'm, I'm, I'm chained to this dude. We're going to figure it out. I want to tell you, if, 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 if when you sit down to write that book, I'd be stunned if you don't backtrack, reverse engineer what happened in those people that just were willing to come sit with a glass of wine and just be there. If that yeah. doesn't become the foundation by which you were able to anchor in and love this guy and have to redate and relearn a guy that looked an awful lot like the old guy, right? <laughs> yep. And <laughs> smell an awful, awful lot like the old guy, but he says weird yep. crap. What's, what are you oh, doing, man. right? Yeah. Yeah. The, he likes, likes goldfish and cats yeah. that was not the guy listen married. listen tamara you got to draw the line at cats enough <laughs> well i know that they are outdoor at least right. good for you i'm glad to see you're not no, getting run i'm gonna over write the book i'm gonna do it someday and i just have to i just have to let my light shine because if it's just about me mm. if i make it to the end of every day right. and i collapse in bed because i kept my tiny little world together that's not enough for me man yeah it's about it's hey here's, here's where you are you're on the back end which is Stage is it six? You're finding meaning. What's the purpose of this, right? Yes. Where yeah. can we begin to turn some light, some candles, and it, turn some floodlights on in other dark awesome. parts of the world, right? And that's where you are, Tamara. Your heart is 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 gold, man. And I'm so glad you're you're out there having that conversation, having that communication. When there's a tragedy, right, and when there is ugliness, and when there's heartbreak, and when there's brokenness. We often look on that isolated situation. How is that person's wife? How is that person's kids? How is that, that person's job? And we forget the periphery. Those things are, like have concentric circles that just come out from them and out and out and out, and that pain spreads. And so anybody listening, if you know somebody who's hurting, if you, who's been hurt, and it's weird and it's awkward, 
lean into the weird and awkward and say the words, this is weird and awkward and I don't know what to do, but I want to be here. How can I serve you? How can I just show up? You can hardly ever go wrong with a bag of Cheetos and a glass of wine. Almost never, unless they're recovering from alcohol, uh, a recovering alcoholic. And then don't bring wine because then you're an idiot, right? But you can still show up with Cheetos um, or a box of Little Debbie's or if they're keto, I don't know, show up with a bag of meat or so. I don't know. But showing up with food and showing up with just your presence and saying, hey, I'm just going to sit down and watch Seinfeld and then I'm going to head out. Showing up and showing up, asking somebody not, can I come do the thing I want to do to help you, but how can I be a resource for you? Tamara, your light is bright and I'm so grateful that my kids are growing up in a world where you exist and you're about healing other people through your own pain and trauma. Good for you. And thanks for setting an example for your kids on what a relationship looks like. What sickness and health actually looks like, man. That's inspiring. It's awesome. All right, let's go to uh, Amanda in Atlanta. What's up, Amanda? How are we doing? Hey, John. I'm good. How are you today? Just rocking on to the break of dawn, yo. How can I help? Man, I got to tell you first, I am a ride or die tribe member. I have listened to every episode. So me and your mom are basically <laughs> like best friends. Y'all are, hey, she actually wrote this morning. She's like, hey, John, your show kind of sucks. I'm out. So it's just like, <laughs> it's just like you, like last six or seven, that's going to be it, man. So yeah, um, well, I'll take it. So, so um, what's going on? How I'm can I help? Te- yeah. Yes. I'm a school teacher and I've been March tired since November. <laughs> Well, I used to um, teach school too, so I got, I get you know what, you're what saying. that means. Yes. Okay. For those of you who don't know no, what I'm, March tired is, it's when you wake up every day and think, I'm pretty much dead. And I got to go to work and be there at 620 so that I can do tutoring, so then I can do hauled past duty, so then I can actually teach my class and then grade the papers and call the mean parents back and listen to stupid administrators and then go home and repeat. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Pretty no, much. then go do yeah. bus duty and then go grade all the papers. And then it's 730 and I call whoever I love at home and say, I'm not coming home because I hate my life, and then I'm going to repeat. That's the march. Okay. So go ahead, go ahead, right. Amanda. Okay, so I've heard you talk to other teachers about how to offload your bricks and all that kind of stuff. My question is a little different, okay. I think. Um, I like to tell people we can do a lot in March and April because we know June and July is coming. Right. You know, the, the natural rhythm of offloading as a season is right around the corner. You know, we've got spring break coming and then graduation and then, and, and then summer. And, but, but the problem is the, the hope of, of that break isn't there because mm. we're in this, this COVID season. And mm. so, you know, there's, there's the goal line keeps moving. You know, first it was two weeks, then it was six weeks, then it was the election somehow was going to make it all better. And then once we get past <laughs> flu season, you know, then, then it'll all die back down. And now we're past flu season and, uh... and now there's this vaccine, but wait a minute, it's not available for kids yet. And so it's like the goalpost that, that gives us hope that this is going to be over soon mm-hmm. keeps moving. And we're seeing, I mean, I'm, I'm high school, so we're seeing like tragedy after tragedy. I mean, um, you know, kids just dropping out. And, and I feel like I, I'm not trying to belittle by any means the nursing profession, but I feel like I'm losing patient after patient because yeah. you lay yourself out there for these kids. You're, you're, you're accommodating, you're, you're pushing deadlines, you're giving them retry after retry, you're, you know, accommodations, this and that and the other. And then they still go, no, nah, I'm good. I'll see y'all next year, you That's know, right. or, or yeah. I, I'm out. I'm going to do something different. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm a career and technical educator, so I teach business and finance and, and how to get a job and communication. And so I feel like my classes are, are giving some kind of hope to the kids because they can walk out the door and go get a job and, and do 
something right now, mm-hmm. but I have, you know, I feel a little bit of this. My, my faculty members feel a little bit of this and I just don't know what to do. Like yeah. you're burnt out. You? Yeah. Well, and, and like Ken Coleman says, I don't feel like it's, it's built, it's build up. No, it's and not. There's nowhere to put it yeah. because there's no end in sight. And even our high achieving kids, yeah. Are are losing faith in themselves because you know our our AP kids, our high achievers, they're getting ready for college. Well, I don't want to go to college because it's all virtual now. That's right. that's not what I signed up for. Yep. Yeah. And so now they're not even showing up. And so I mean, I just don't know what to do. So um, Kelly told me this call was coming, and I actually um, I've got a there's a, a relatively new book out, um, and it's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily Nagoski. And she's a um, woman, and her sister wrote it too with her, Emily Nagoski, uh, and Amelia. Um, but she's a health educator. And she paints burnout in a picture that I haven't heard it painted before. And it was this idea of, it's three parts, emotional exhaustion, this, I, this fatigue for caring for everybody for too long. Mm-hmm. And then this depersonalization, like, I'm just out. I, I don't have any more empathy or care or compassion left in my body. And then this was the the big one, this decreased sense of accomplishment, this futility. Mm. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. They're just going to drop out, right? Yep. And so here's the challenge with that. Some of that is real and some of it's not. And it begins to paint, like when you go looking for um, dragons in the clouds, you're always going to find them. You're always going to be able to find a dragon in a cloud, whether it's actually there or not. The more you go looking for dragons, the more you're going to find dragons. And it that begins to loop because then you get more and more disconnected. It just becomes futile, which then you get more emotionally exhausted and it just spins on itself, right? So mm-hmm. here's a broader question. What, what are other things you like doing besides teaching? And I'm going to loop all the way back around to your students. I'll get there. But what do you like doing besides teaching? Is that rhetorical or are you asking No, me? that's a straight up question. Oh, um, I love going to the gym. Okay. Um, just exercising usually. Are you a crossfitter? Please say yes, please say yes, please say yes. No, no. Oh. I, I was, I'm an ex-professional athlete. So oh. no, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weightlifter. Oh, okay, sweet. Awesome. Um, so you care about your joints and things like that? Good for you. Okay. I, tr- I try. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So you like going to the gym. What are parts of, okay, forget the outcomes. By the way, we'll just cut to it. You have tied your heart and soul to the outcome here. And one of the, mm. the, the, the challenges of teaching is, I think, is they put these short-sighted metrics on the relationship between the teacher and their students. Can they bubble in the right 13 answers on this 14-answer test, this quiz, that says they can X, Y, and Z when it comes to chemistry or industrial tech or fill-in-the-blank, whatever, um, whatever subject we're talking about and in my estimation that demeans and belittles and reduces the relationship between a teacher and a student between care and love and wonder with a subject to this can you get to this stage so i can put you in this track to get you to this room so you can get to that thing and we've we've just sucked the soul out of education we've made it this big roi it's it's nonsense what we've done to it and so stripping all the outcomes away, what do you love about teaching? Why are you even doing this job? You clearly care about those kids. Why are you doing this? 
Yeah, I mean, for me in my in my content area, it's it's listening to them open their uh, first bank account, or mm. helping them fill out their application for their first job, or hearing the shenanigans about why they got fired from their first job and how can we yeah. fix that so you can actually be employed later. Like, <laughs> I know that what I'm teaching is going to help them in their lifetime, regardless of what they plan to do, yeah. you know, and, and it's hard because on one hand we hear a voice going, they're kids, they need boundaries. They need to be held accountable. No matter what, I know we can do it. I know they can do it. And then you have this whole, whole other voice going, but it's a pandemic. Give them a break. Right. And, and intellectually, anybody who's looking at this from the outside knows there's going to be a decade more of fallout from this last 18 months. Oh, I mean, it's just going to be... If you want to create, if you wanted to create a way to torture a generation of children, besides oh murdering God. their parents, it would be to lock them in a room and have them stare at a screen for a calendar year with no mm -hmm. human reason, human interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done it. And we're going to live with it for years and years and years. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. I'm saying there's going to be fallout for years and years and years from this. They will remember you know, and, this. And having to retrain students how to do school again. That's right. How to you know, be in community I mean, with one another, how to sit there and be, be connected. Yes, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard. Here's the thing, though. When you're burnt out and you're fried, what you start doing is looking for the next dragon and the next dragon and the next dragon. And what you're doing now is you're taking on the pain and future frustration of kids experiences a decade from now and you're dragging that pain in the future that may or may not exist and you are setting it in your soul right now. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. and you're carrying whether they're going to be able to get a job tomorrow and what they're going to do at the end of this thing and what's July going to look like. We've been coming back in the fall. You've got all these things down the road that because you're exhausted and because you are completely burnt out, you have no empathy or care left. And dude, I'm with you. I'm exhausted, right? Um, and because you feel like a cog in a feudal machine, okay, cool. Let's just throw it online because that's the same, right? Mm. The, the the natural thing you start doing is running on a treadmill and just trying to grab future pain and future pain and future pain and grab it and pull it and drag it. And so here's the thing you've got to do. You've got to back way the heck up. Forget about the bricks and all that. you got to back up and say, I've got to be okay so that I can head back into this. Because what you just told me is I love interacting with these students. I love mm -hmm. hearing about what they want to do when they fell on their face. I'm there to either <laughs> laugh at them when they're trying to crawl up or I help pick them up and dust them off. Okay. And or both of them, right? And um, I love it when they get their first job. I love it when they have a place to go after they get fired from their second job, right? That's who you are, man. You can't fully be that when you're carrying future pain a decade down the road that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. And the only way to not go down that road, and I'm talking as somebody who has been there, I had to leave a university and take a break because I kept doing that. These yeah. kids are going to be, this is going to be, the future of this is going to be, if you guys, did, I got lost in tomorrow and I was unable to be effective in my today. And what happened was I burned everyone out around me. I stopped doing the things that I loved because I was too busy trying to pre prevent the things that were going to happen down the road, right? Mm -hmm. And so, Doctors Nagoski, one of the things they, here's the three things they say, and I love the way they say it, because they're writing to women in this book, by the way. It's great for men, too, but they're writing to women. We'll put links to the show notes here. They, they say, rest is resistance for a professional woman who's trying to help other people. This idea that I have to unplug and take a break. Especially as a teacher, I cannot chain the outcomes of young people 
to my identity, to my day-to-day functioning, or you'll drown, right? The second one is, how often, or have you stopped going to the gym, or are you still getting there? Oh, no, I'm going every, every four days a week. Good. Okay, so the, another big one is, you got to move your body. Movement is resistance, so good for you. Is there a way that that has become, weightlifting has become an addiction, meaning, is it time to go just for walks? Is it time to pick up running? Do something else that's going to stretch your body and challenge you in new ways that are going to also be able to help decompress and get the same cardiovascular and, and physical and structural benefits? I've been in that space before, but I don't think I'm there now. Okay. All right. So there's been times when I have to go to the gym, not I get to go to the gym? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, and then finally, you circling back and remembering why you're doing what you're doing and what you love about it. And here's a cool benefit. My wife is, she's a, she's a coach. She works with teachers and she's for years, she's been a professor who worked with teachers and pre-service teachers. And now she works with teachers who are burned out and fried and cooked. And one of the things she always challenges them to say, what are the parts of teaching that you love? And how can you do more of that? What are the parts of teaching that you hate? And how can you do less of that? Mm. What do you think? Give me one of each. What's something you love that you could do more of? Hmm. Just honestly, I just miss the conversations with the kids. I mean, my content's so every day Mm -hmm. and I miss them when they're not there, you know, and they're not there and I can't make, I I have a student I haven't seen in three weeks, but she hasn't withdrawn yet. It's like, I worry about them when they're gone. Do they have a daily journal that they write that you read and write back to them back and forth to one another? No. Okay. So starting Monday, it's going to be a small writing prompt that you're going to give them and say, I want to know three things like how you're doing, um, what are you excited about, and what are you terrified about? And Mm -hmm. that's a way that you can engage them, whether they're in class, they're out of class. They're going to keep coming back to this thing, especially because you're going to respond to each and every one of those. And it's going to be a little more time, but it's the thing that you love. Sure. You love hearing their stories. That's what you love. What's something you hate about all this? Grading papers. (laughs) There you go. So here's the thing. I'm giving you on behalf of the students and teachers of America, I'm giving you a pass. Give less work. We're all about the psychological stuff at this point, especially with what you're doing, right? You're preparing people's hearts and minds for the workforce. And so, yeah, figure out a way to give less work. No student has ever been sad that their teacher came in and was like, you know what? We're not doing papers anymore. We're going to do this, (laughs) right? That's Um, true. (laughs) And so find the things that you love, do more of them, create average news for conversation. I loved the, my wife actually taught me that exercise. She did it with her students and I started with my graduate students and it ended up being magic. How's today? What are you grateful for? What things are going awesome? And what scares the crap out of you about tomorrow? And reading those and writing, I got to learn deeper about my students, got to learn more, and it shaped my class in a pretty profound way. But also, I'm like you. I just love hearing people's stories. I don't care if you're a plumber mm-hmm. or, or fancy pants. I just like hearing stories. So I'm going to set that up. And I, ha- like you, I hate grading papers. So I'm going to only give one paper a semester because I hate grading papers, right? I'm going to do the things to that, hire. that I've begged them to let me hire a graduate assistant, but they won't let me do it. Yeah, they'll never let you do that. Never, high school teacher. No. Hey, so let me <laughs> let me say this, okay? Let me end this with this. You cannot solve a pandemic's worth of psychological issues in your students. It's too big. If you're a nurse, if you're a teacher, if you're an HR representative, if you are fill in the blank, you cannot hold the weight 
the psychological, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual weight of the people in your presence that you're responsible for. In this case, you cannot solve the current, soon-to-be, and way-in-the-future psychological challenges of the pandemic with these young people. You can't hold all that. What you can do is love everybody in your circle really well right now. And that starts with you being well. And I love what the Nagatsuki sisters say. Wellness is not a state of being. It's an action. It's a thing you do, right? It is resting. It is moving your body. It is remembering why you're doing what you're doing and what you're doing and how you're doing it. And how can I maximize the things that I love? And how can I minimize the things that I hate? And then how can I hose my boots off when I get home, go inside the house, be with the people I love, and then go to bed, right? And begin that process of, I can't fix it. I can't fix it all. It's not all weighing on me. It's not all weighing on me. And then you start aiming back into sleep, right? Um, check out this book. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes, Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle with Nagoski Sisters. It's incredible. It's a good read. Um, and thank you so much, Amanda, for your heart, who you are as a teacher, who you are as a human being, and what you're trying to do. And I want you to hear me say, you've been caring for these students for 18 months. You've been caring for these students for a long, long time. Now it's time to stop, stop, stop. Keep caring for them. Care for them today. And caring for them today starts with you caring for you. You caring for you. You getting a gang of people that are in your community that you love and that y'all walk through this thing together. And then when you feel yourself starting to, to stress about what's going to happen 10 years from now or five years from now or this time next year, we're going to just stop and say, not my circus. I can't do anything about what's going to happen 10 years from now. I can only take care of me right now. I can only love my students right now. Bring yourself back. Bring yourself back. You're going to practice this over and over. You're going to practice it. I just hit the microphone. Sorry. You're going to practice it over and over and over. And you're going to get better and better at it. Thank you so much for your heart. All right. Let's... um. Let's see here, dude. Let's just take one more call. Let's go to Alex in Los Angeles, California. What's up, Alex? How can I help? What's up, Dr. John? How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you, man? I'm living the dream. That's very cool, man. I'm grabbing a drink of water here. My, my, my voice is going away. So what's up, dude? How can I help? So I had to write this down because I'm like super ADD. Welcome and to the party, brother. Me too. Oh, yeah. It's a joy. <laughs> So what's up, so man? I put, I put down, uh, basically, so over the years, I have become more and more of an introvert, and I don't know if it's, like, who I am, and just to be okay with it, or if it's something I'm doing as, like, a self-preservation tool. What do you think? It's I bounce back and forth, because I find myself wanting to go out with people and mm-hmm. hang out and do things, and I also find myself, like, I'd rather go home and just sit with my dog. So do they have to be mutually exclusive? Can you be doing both? Well, a lot of times it's because I go out like with my friends at church when I do go out. Mm-hmm. So I can't really bring my puppy to church. <laughs> no, so what I'm saying is, is it mutually exclusive? Can you becoming a little more introverted as you get older and wiser and tired or more exhausted? And you're also choosing to do different things with your life, withdrawing a little bit just because it's easier? Can you be doing both of those things? I would say that's a possibility. Okay. Um, so w- I know what is it about this stuff that's that's making you uncomfortable? Like, why, why the call? 
because like I found myself, I want to create a community uh, with people, especially with this past year, who's like really kind of reinforced it with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And getting people together and just loving everyone despite our differences on whatever the case may be. And, but it's like, sometimes it's like, okay, you guys go be a community and I'm going to go home and <laughs> not be a part of it anymore. I'm go to bed. That's right. I'm going to talk about it and then I'm going to go to sleep. That's right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Instagram social justice warrior, right? We're going to all get together and party and we're all going to have our differences and good night. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, I, I've, I've got a very similar predisposition, Alex. Um, so anytime somebody tells me they want to develop a community with an outcome attached to it, my first thought is that community is probably going to fail. Okay. If somebody tells me I want to develop a community cause I want to get out there. I want to meet new people. I want the experience of hanging out. I know that it's going to help me. It's going to help me be well. It's going to help me, um, in all sorts of physical ways and and mental ways and and physiological ways if somebody tells me that awesome it's gonna have some legs on it if somebody says i want to get a group of people together because we're gonna man that's probably gonna run out of gas it'll either run out of gas 30 years from now when you quit the group or fall down dead or it's just gonna run out of gas because you're gonna be propping it up because it's outcome based right yeah so i would rather you say i just want to get a group of people because I like being with them. Here's a, here's a rule I had to make for myself. I love, 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 love hanging out with people. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And I'm an introvert. I like, I, I have, I like to withdraw. When I get exhausted, I withdraw. I like going home and just sitting with my kids and the chickens and being out in the moon, right? So I have a rule that if there's something going on that I know I would love to do, and my first thought is I just want to go home, and go to bed, I have to go. So if I'm leaving work and somebody texts and says, hey, we're getting the fights tomorrow, um, are you coming? And my first thought is, dude, I just want to go to bed. My rule is I got to go because I okay. know it's the right thing for me. I've never gone to the fights with good friends that I love and love being around or gone to some wacky pool hall to watch the fights and it's like, what? This thing may go down at any moment. I've never done that and regretted it, not one time. I have okay. gone home and gone to bed. I don't necessarily regret it, but I miss those that community, right? And for me, if you're like me, Alex, if I do it once and I'll do it again, I'll do it again. Suddenly, I'll look up and it'll be a month and I haven't hung out with anybody. Yeah, is that is that you? Oh yeah, that's been part of the challenge is getting back into society because I went through a really hard breakup and there you go. I completely withdrew from everybody and everything, and then. When I picked my head up, everyone was kind of dispersed and gone. There you go. So here's what I want to challenge you with. We don't talk use this word very often with relationships because it sounds gross, but it is what it is, and that's where we're at, and that's the word I'm going to use. As, as um, the world opens back up and these wonky fits and starts and opens and shuts and all that stuff, as it does that, as it's going to do, and friends who have scattered and found new friends. And I talked to somebody this morning on the radio that just went and got married. I mean, people have just done things during this season, right? Yeah. As it comes back together, I want you to keep this word in your head. I'm going to practice friendship again. I'm going to practice. I'm going to stumble through this. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be awkward. I'm going to be weird. I'm going to get a group of people together. And as soon as they all show up, I'm going to think, I don't want to be here. I want to be at home, but I'm going to stay. I'm going to, 
I'm going to make jokes. I'm going to laugh. And also, if I get a group of people together and I just cannot go today, I'm going to call them back. Hey, guys, I'm super sorry. I know I set this up. I can't make it today. I'll be there next time. And they'll all text me like, oh, you're such a la- you're so lame. You're what a loser. You're an idiot. And be like, I know I'm an idiot. It's cool. Shake it off. I'll be there next time. And if they're your if they're your gang, they'll be there next time. And they'll make fun of you. Hey, remember last time you didn't show up? And you'll be like, yeah, that was super lame. I just didn't have it, man. And then we're going to go again. And then we're going to go watch the fights. We're going to go watch the movie. Or we're going to go sing the songs or whatever it is we're going to do. But here's the thing. It's not going to be something you can just waltz and sprint back into. Especially, brother, you're coming off some heartbreak, right? the last big relationship you had hurt you. So your brain's got a vested interest in keeping you away from other people because they hurt. And your body has a vested interest in you getting around people because that's the only way to be well. Okay. Does that make sense? No, it does. It makes perfect sense. I just, it's like you said, putting it back into practice. Hey, being an introvert, dude, is awesome. It's annoying too sometimes. I wish I could go out and be like, hey, everybody, woohoo. Sometimes I just don't have it. And so I go and I hang out and I have a few deep conversations in the corner. I go for an hour and then I leave. But there's something about that ritual, that practice, that showing up and that showing up and that showing up. And then sometimes I go, man, and the wheels come off. And we laugh and I'm loud and I'm silly and ridiculous. And they're loud and they're like, dude, you are an idiot. And we all have a good time and then we get up and do it again the next time. But it's a practice. And I want to encourage you to when you have those moments like, hey, all the guys, all the girls, everybody's getting together, I think I'm just going to go sit with my dog. It sounds like you're telling me you want to be out with your buddies, but you have that pool to go be with your dog. Go be with your buddies, even when it's uncomfortable. Be the first guy to say, this is super weird. I'd rather be hanging out with my pet, but I knew I should come meet you. Be that guy, right? Yeah. But go first, okay? Go first. If nothing else, go first and have your friends over to your place. Tell everybody, bring whatever weird leftover gizmo they've gotten their meal they've gotten their uh kitchen bring them over dude and start small okay that sounds feasible hey it super is and it's gonna be weird and be the first guy to be like well i was awkward (laughs) and appoint somebody next time we're hanging out at your house because i just screwed this up and listen man you're still good you're still alex from 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 los angeles california right yeah you're still going to be yeah, good. You're still worth hanging out. You're still worth having a community. So will you will you commit to America? And by America, I mean like 18 listeners. Will you admit to America or commit that you're going to get a gang? You're going to get together with some friends this, this weekend? Yes, I will. Yeah, that's awesome, Alex. Good for you, brother. Thank you so much for the call. Everybody is going to be feeling weird in this deal. I saw uh, the the UFC's the 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 UFC that's going to Florida. That's the first sporting event back. It is every like it's sold out in eight seconds. Like whatever it is, like fastest sellout in history. Whatever. There's going to be those people. I am sprinting back as fast as I can. I'm throwing my mask in the air like a like a like a diet coke commercial, and I'm just going to be running in slow mo to the, the the next thing. And there's going to be those who are like, I'm going out. And they open the front door and they're like, nope. And they're shutting the door back. Everybody's going to have to be graceful with one another. There is no right or wrong way to do this other than to remember, you got to have community, however weird and wonky that looks for you. And you got to practice that community because we don't know what we're doing right now. We're going to stumble and trip and fall and screw up and be idiots and be silly and say the wrong things. And we're going to have to forgive and be graceful and then go again and go again and go again. And Alex... 
You're a brave, bold man for giving me a shout. I appreciate it. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. All right, so as we wrap up today's show, dude, Fitzgerald's in Houston back in the day, they had this awesome show. It was called You Ain't Punk, and all the cool local Houston punk bands would get together and play songs, a whole set from another like famous punk band. This is the first time I heard this, and I remember the song. Then I got hooked on them. This is from their 1985 album, The Descendants. The album is called I Don't Want to Grow Up. It's one of the greatest punk bands ever. They're so good, man. Their key changes are their time signature. They're just good, man. They're a lot of fun. Off the I Don't Want to Grow Up album. It's a great romantic love song. It's an awkward love song, just like Deloney would have been in middle school. And it goes like this. It's called Silly Girl. Started on a summer Sunday, pink dress on a setting sun. You were going to grandma's house. I was too scared to come. Silly girl, I'm begging you. Tell me all the things I want to hear. Silly girl, I'm in love with you. And I had to run to get you. You always move so fast with your cute little smile and a silly laugh. God gave me love at last. And they said, just stay away. And now I wish I had. I'm so in love with you, my silly girl. And they made me go away. Sometimes life just isn't fair. But I'll be back someday. I hope you'll still be there. And when you're just a silly boy like me, you're always so scared. And now I'm just out of luck. And I wonder if you ever cared. Oh, silly girl, I'm begging you. Don't stop being nice to me. Oh, silly girl. <laughs> this is a song I would have written because I was the worst date ever. This has been the Dr. John Deloney Show. <laughs> <laughs>